welcome to episode one of the Retcon Roundtable. I'm Nathan. And I'm Jeff. And today our topic is The People versus George Lucas. Now, I really want to start this off by saying that I almost called this episode The Phantom Menace. And even before we picked out a topic, I was wanting to call it The Phantom Menace. Honestly, I mean... We could do it, but we'd have the LucasArts legal ninjas beating down our door. Well, you know, ninjas make everything... Ooh, I wonder if he has uh, lawyer pirates now. He can afford them. No, that's kind of a contradiction there. <laughs> so, we finally have both seen the documentary, The People vs. George Lucas. And I think on this one, it, it kind of has us pretty split. It It does... Although we'll know here in a little bit once we get going. My, for those of you who haven't seen it, I, it's on Netflix. Is it on, do you know if it's on Hulu? Uh, I haven't seen it on Hulu, but I don't have, it, it's on Netflix for sure, and it's on the instant, it's on the instant play, and. So the lazy people who don't want to wait can go ahead and click it, but essentially it talks about George Lucas and the changes he made to the original trilogy with the special editions and then the prequel trilogies and it goes into the fan reactions on all of them. And it really goes into that love-hate relationship that we all have seem to have with George Lucas. I like in one point in the documentary towards the end they pointed out the fact that really at this point in time all the people complaining about it how are they getting their complaints? Why are they still going to spend money on it if they hate it so much? Mm -hmm. Now, um, I think before we can go any further, we have to talk about the real elephant in the room. Um, oh, there he is. <laughs> um, the real elephant in the room of this, and uh, we can get to some of the smaller issues in a bit, but the prequels themselves... Um, what did you think of them overall? The prequels, they're not bad movies, but for Star Wars prequels, I was expecting this epic good versus evil, you know, battle of the right and the wrong instead of a three-movie political statement. Okay, okay, I can see that, but... Um... This is where definitely we're going to differ, because I, I like the prequels. Um, I know a lot of people are now going to want to hunt me down for that one, and I'm pretty sure I will see posters that say, Wanted, Dead or Alive, Preferably, preferably dead. dead, with a lightsaber out of my back. And um, I feel they kind of give, they gave us those things. It was good versus evil. You had the Jedi versus the Sith. Um, I think a lot of things that we were bashing the prequels for, they're there in the originals too, but the biggest thing is that we were kids when we watched the originals. Um, we're not when we watched the prequels. To play devil's advocate, which again, I want to go on record as saying, I don't mind the prequels, you know, they're just, it's just not this epic struggle I was expecting, mm -hmm. but... Again, though, it's just, I think everyone's problem boils down to the adults 
watching a movie designed for kids and we're mad George didn't put out an adult movie designed for adults. Now, did you get to go see um, episode one when they put it back in the theater for 3D? Nope. Um, I, I got a chance to go see that. And it's one of those rare movies that I actually enjoyed it more now than I did back in 99. Now I was like 12 back in 99 and uh, I had just as much fun. If I actually I think I had a lot more fun with it now and um, maybe it's just because I can laugh at Jar Jar Binks now. Maybe I, maybe I no longer feel the hurt that I'm supposed to be feeling, you know, from Jar Jar Binks. I mean... They love. They you're lo- over that anger and denial phase, and you're you're in the inse- acceptance phase. That's right. I'm in an abusive relationship. With Star, <laughs> Wars. Star Wars has abused me for years and years, and, and I just keep coming back to it. Is that what you're saying? I, th- I think that's <laughs> what everybody, what everybody is saying with this is that I mean, honestly, why do people go keep seeing the movies if they hate it so much? Mm-hmm. Be- but it's with me personally. I thought the elephant in the room was going to be the changes he made to the original trilogy. Oh, well, we're definitely one. we're definitely going to get to those, and I think those are just as important. But we had to get the prequel question out yeah. of the way. I mean, it's um, it's um, maybe it's not as much of a linchpin as did Han Solo shoot first. Did Han Solo shoot first? Will Alderaan shoot first in the next special edition? Well, I just want to let you know, uh, I saw that, well, they got a great picture, and I know um, I've seen it, looking for love. In Alderaan places. places. Yes, yes. I saw that one. Uh, But, again, jumping back to the current topic with the prequels, it's, I can see where the basic basic plots for the prequel is where the movie everybody was expecting where it's the building blocks are there but you've told me this and I believe it but Lucas has come out on the record as saying when he wrote the prequels he didn't go back and watch the originals well I think he always had like the entire saga of Star Wars come out written out and so I'm not you people can correct me on this if I'm wrong but I know what he definitely was saying was when he was making the prequels, he did not go back and watch the original Star Wars. And so, no matter, I do like the prequels, but I, even I can't ignore some of the glaring plot holes when you line up the, the, the two trilogies. Like Qui-Gon Jinn. As much as I like him, as, as much as I like seeing Liam Neeson punch stuff with a lightsaber. Everyone's favorite... Mis- he is the... Prom night dumpster baby of the Star Wars universe. What well, he shouldn't be there. He was Obi Wan's master, but Yoda was Obi Wan's master, wasn't he? Well, and that's that's what they said in um, Empire, I think. Yeah. But again, though, playing devil's advocate, because like I said, I flip flop either way. As much as I say I hate the prequels, uh, but you can really see them build. Yoda kind of as Obi-Wan's other mentor. Mm-hmm. Because who do you always see Obi-Wan hanging out with in every movie in 2 and 3? Every time he's in the temple. Who is he hanging out with? Oh, well, to? you know, his his only friends that he has there. He has the the man-child whiner Anakin. He has um, <laughs> the Muppet. <laughs> and he also has Samuel Jackson. Now, He's tired I'm... of these 
motherfucking Sith in this motherfucking temple. Exactly. And if you're going to pick who you're going to hang out with, who's it going to be? I don't know. Sam Jackson's pretty cool to hang out with. Oh, he's busy with his purple lightsaber dispensing his... Avenger justice. Exactly, exactly. Now, I do have to mention something about Qui-Gon, and I kept thinking it when I watched episode one in 3D. And can you guess what I was thinking? My god, where does he get this amazing hair? (laughs) There are scenes where he's in the room, and he's in the room with Padme and Anakin's mother and all these women. And I'm like, dude... Your hair was more <laughs> well better kept than all of them. You're out in the middle of the desert, and it looks like you have shampoo and conditioner readily available to you. What is with that? I I think it's I the even force. I even think I said I say to the person who I was seeing it with at the time, like he should just say to the he should have just said to Padme, I don't have to listen to you. Look at my hair. I mean. I know that's random, but... <laughs> I know, it's one of those things that sticks out in your mind. Like, again, a sidebar, the one thing that sticks out in my mind is in Iron Man 1, when all the uh, generic Arabian guys are looking for the pieces of the suit, and one of the guys holds up the sa- holds it up out of the sand. The one thing that will always stick in my mind is I actually heard one of my friends who saw it and said a few rows down from us did this, Look, sir, droids! <laughs> that will always stick in my mind in that part forever. <laughs> or, for example, if for fans of Rift Tracks, Spock! 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 Oh, wow, he knows how to derail me so well here. <laughs> um, but getting back to Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh, it's good. Is this going to become like that Futurama episode? Oh, no, no, we're... That's not the Star Trek Wars. It's That's the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars Trek. Trek. We're going to get them confused here. Uh, well, I think on the prequels, I have to admit where things are bad as well. Um, I actually don't have problems with the story. I mean, some people are bugged by the politics. The problem in the writing is the dialogue. I mean... Your hands are smooth. Not like sand. Really, George? That's the best you can come up with. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Everyone's favorite. Please, hold me like you did at the Lake of Naboo. Are you an angel? No. Really, George, I... I can respect the fact you wanted your vision out there, really. But hire a writer. Please. (laughs) Oh... But this brings us back to other things he did, because when he released Episode 1, there was minor changes. Now, he didn't go crazy with it, like he did with the 20th anniversary, um, but there was minor one. He updated a lot of the special effects to make them look better in 2012, as yeah. opposed to 1999. And we I got, heard about the Yoda, Yoda puppet, where they added the CGI Yoda. Yeah, just, just general cleaning up of the special effects and stuff like that. And that kind of gets us to, um, well, I gotta the ask... The other elephant in the room. The other elephant in the room, but I, I gotta ask, do you like the 20th anniversary editions, you know, the ones where he changed the special effects and added things in? Mm, 
The last time I saw the prequels in the theaters, I may have caught them on TV. My big thing with the changes, I guess the pre with after the 20th anniversary prequel changes, you know, we're used to it because the big thing everybody's still arguing about is did Han shoot first? Ah, yes, yes. I I've heard so many different arguments on did Han shoot first coming from uh, George Lucas himself has claimed in interviews that he never shot first that he was just showing the scene in a way that would clarify this and then there's what just about everyone on this planet seems to be able to agree on is that Han, Han shot, shot first. first and one of the arguments in the documentary was that Han shooting first showed more of Han's character than Greedo shooting first, because Han shooting first was essentially, yeah, I'm a smuggler, I'm scum, you give me a chance, I will blast you. Don't screw with me. <laughs> that was Han's character. And, and that makes sense. Um, I mean, even in a PG-13 movie, you only needed something small like that to show it. Uh, I think another argument they made in the movie, and I've also seen it made on Crack.com, was that maybe just the type of person George Lucas himself was, was different 30 years ago. You got oh, yeah. the angry young man versus the, the, the successful um, aging man. The, the guy who originally fought the system versus the guy who is essentially now part of the system. Oh, he's running the system. That's just yeah. not even... <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I felt that. And and I, his I'm... mountain of gold. Skywalker <laughs> Ranch. I remember that. There's there's one argument on there about, you know, all great art is created from demons, real or imagined. And I, I can see that, and I can see how a younger uh, George Lucas would want Han to shoot first, while an older one who is thinking about his kids, he's not just thinking about his kids, he's thinking about all the kids out there, would want something family-friendly. Now... So, and, of course, I can see family-friendly. I don't attack unless someone attacks me. Mm -hmm. All your good guys are good. All your bad guys are despicably evil. I mean, it's it's kind of like the, the white hat, black hat thing from the old Westerns, Westerns you know? I mean, <laughs> But another... Giving me Han... To derail a little bit from the Han shot first thing, another, another big quibble I had was I bought the... Uh, it was the last DVD box set before the actual original version. Oh, when it first came out on DVD. No, this was, I think, the next release. No, no, the, that, that box set. You know, it, it was a box set. Yeah, the, the, the first DVD release, because we both pre-ordered it. It was, it was the DVD release, and it was after they'd shot at least number two, and they replaced the original actor for Anakin Skywalker... With oh, Hayden yeah, Christensen. Yeah, yeah, that was the first DVD release when they claimed... Oh, yes, I remember. Everyone wanted the theatrical releases, versions. And they there was this big argument, it'll never happen. And they actually touch on that in uh, The People versus George Lucas, too. Mm -hmm. You know, they touch on that, and they actually have people say, well, to make the changes, you have to digitize the original, then you do, then you do the new special effects... And then you save the new special effects in a separate file, then you put the new ones back mm -hmm. onto film. So you've got this double conversion process, mm -hmm. but you don't lose the originals. Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, I'm just wondering if George Lucas was like, do you want to delete this now? And, hmm. he, and he clicked delete, maybe not thinking about it. I mean, that's what well, we can't get into his mind. Yeah. Um, I always think the funny part about this whole story was is what... three years later when his mountain of gold wasn't big enough or he had more alimony payments he had to make. I mean, who knows? Uh, man, you are just harsh on the man. Well, I can respect him as a businessman because honestly, love him or hate him, the guy knows how to get into your wallet. <laughs> but but yes, yes, the very next DVD release, uh, they were all individual. And what was on the DVDs? His theatrical release. And he got that from the beta tape or the. Uh, it was a laser disc, you said. Okay, okay. Either laser. Because you told me that the originals were gone, but, you know, and that this one they pulled from the mm-hmm. laser disc. Alright, okay. Which, for those younger than. For those of the younger audience watching, laser discs are a cross between DVDs and records. If you don't know what records are, Google it. I'm pretty sure everyone knows it, especially the kids who want to be retro. Like, no, hipster. It's uh, not retro oh, anymore. So, it's hipster. So am I? Am I so old that I can't even get the right derogatory term for these people? I think we're both nearing retirement. <laughs> oh wait, this isn't anime, so we're good. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that shows he was always capable of putting them out there. Yeah. And of course, and now they're out on Blu-ray. But I'll be honest. I really want to own them on Blu-ray. I'll, I'll be honest. I I bought the DVD box set, and this was when I heard there's going to be no more. The originals are no more. Okay, well, I'll buy the DVD. That'll be it. I re- do I regret buying it now? Yeah, kind of. Do I... It's like, do I? am I going to spend more money on it? Probably not, because I've got it. I'm done with you, George. And but to kind of keep on the same topic, let's go, let's go with the third elephant in the room. Man, it's crowded in here. Uh, well, elephants do travel in packs. Yes, and they never forget to kill or forgive. <laughs> uh, but here's here's the thing. What about films? Or I think by now we can say films or art what do you think of George Lucas special editioning his art well this is the one I definitely know we, we disagree on um, and I thought about this and I have a really hard time hating George Lucas it's like I, I can't hate you George you created Star Wars, which was a big part of my childhood. Um, it's part of my nieces and nephews' childhood. It's fun still. I mean, with all the, the video games and the books, it's still fun to... I, I still want to be a Jedi Knight. They haven't replaced that urge in me. I mean, uh, th- that's what I write on my... Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wrote... Jedi Knight. I, I was like, paleontologist, doctor, Jedi Knight. Right on. Um, well, with art, that's... I think, though, before we talk about it, ah, the best way to say it is that I can't say I'm against him doing it. And I, I do have to give background on this. Um, 
I am a musician, and I have worked with... I work with artists all the time. I work with composers. I've worked with artists. And I've gotten to know them, and I, I know their creation process. And I can just see how much it belongs to them. You know, that it's theirs, you know. And in this case, no matter how much we think it's ours, it's still his. You know, he he's very nice about it. I oh, mean, yeah, good gosh, didn't that, didn't the documentary show how he even has a contest for people to do recuts of it? I mean, yeah, no, I'm I'll give him that. <laughs> the man, I say, well, I want to give the disclaimer: I'm not an artist, but I play one on the internet. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I'm going to say, I while I respect his vision and or what his vision is now, mm-hmm. at the same time. I have to come out and say I'm against the changes because of its... I think I would be for it if George himself wouldn't have testified in front of Congress against colorizing black black and white movies. In 88, I think it was? Something like that, yeah. And then 89, the very next year... Star Wars is inducted into the National Film Register as you know a culturally significant movie, uh-huh. and I'm not going to argue that choice. Star Wars is, you know, a very essentially post 1977. Every kid that grew up wanted to wanted to be a Jedi, swing a lightsaber around, and fight evil. I'm not going to lie; I still want to, and I'm. I'm closing in rapidly on 30. Uh, but it's... And I do appreciate George for not telling the fans, no, you can't do that like so many other people have. But, you know, George says, okay, you guys love it. You guys can do what you want with it. But at the same time, George... You can't keep changing your vision and then expect us to roll over and just say, oh, yeah, and, you know, expect there to be no anger and no resistance for it because what you're essentially retconning, trying to retcon our memories without retconning our memories. He worked in the title. The point for me this week. (laughs) Well, um, my response to that is... is, um... And it was one that I, I got to thinking about, and it was also from the documentary, and that they brought up the point that, as a director, he hasn't really done anything since Star Wars. But Star Wars. I mean, yes, he has helped on Indiana Jones. He has... Um, he sent Harrison Ford sailing across the sky in a refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. But he didn't direct those movies, and... If we say Star Wars is art, then we have to consider George Lucas an artist. And artists have to create something. Well, here we have a man who, in a sense, we've put him into this corner, can no longer create freely. So, what is it our business to say, oh, you can't tinker with the one thing you did create? I mean, I know you're a car man. I mean, a guy who tinkers on his car. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> it's the same urge. What it is with every hot rodder out there has a project car. I don't have one yet, but I mean, every hot rodder out there has a project car. And the joke is, 
the car is never done. I mean, you could say the car is finished. Three years later, holy crap, holy cow, that's a neat, sweet new engine. I want to work that in there. The car is on blocks for another two years while you find time to put it in. I can respect that. In a way, I do feel sorry for him because this is a man, as we saw through American Graffiti, THX, and the Indiana Jones movies, you know, that he wants to do other things. And us as a fan base, mm -hmm. you know, generally screams and cries and says, no, you can't do that. We want more. So he gives us more. That's not the more we want, George. Give us the right more. <laughs> and yes, I'm damning myself a little bit in this, but at the same time, they another part from the documentary, wow, by the time you're done with this, you won't have to watch it, uh, but uh, another part from the documentary, what do you think would happen if Da Vinci came out of a time warp and said, oh, hold on, I didn't get the mouth on the Mona Lisa quite right, give me a sec here. That, that See, that's almost a... Because there's been so many artists who tinker with their work after it's done. Oh, yeah. Um, or it, you know, I've, I or some paintings that started off as one thing ended up something completely different by the time. And the only reason we have a finished product, or what we consider a finished product, is because they died on us, you know? And they, yeah. I mean, so the real question I think we all have to ask ourselves is... Does that artist have that right to change his own work? And I'm on the side of the fence that it's his. He created it. You know, if he wants to alter something, it might not always make us happy, but it's his right. You know, and I think that's where I fall on. Me, I'm going to take the side of, again, disclaimer, I do understand the artist. As someone with ADD and a serious perfectionist, I'm constantly, no, 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 no. But at the same time, once you put it out, my opinion is you have to call it done and be done with it. You know, it's, you want to do something and you can do a second work later that's, oh, this was more what I intended for that. But at the same time, at some point in time, you have to call it done and put it out and be finished with it. And once it's called done, it's the public's now. But, and to George's credit, he has given us, he has let the fans do what we want. I mean, there are thousands, I'd almost say millions, of videos on YouTube of people fighting around and swinging lightsabers. While, yes, there are, there is probably a legal precedent for George to come after everybody, some of those people have got ended up getting jobs with ILM or LucasArts. Well, and there goes the other side of it. And it's another reason why I can't hate him is how much he's done for special effects. You know, I mean... Oh, yeah, got, he wrote the book on you it. You know, first we have the special effects from the original Star Wars, which are pretty good. Okay, that that's just terrible. I mean, they're fantastic, you know, and the ideas they came up with. But he's still running the show. I mean, how many movies uh, during the credits do you see Industrial Light of Magic or Skywalker Sound? I mean, like... It's a big part of the movie industry, I mean... Oh, yeah. ILM is the 900-pound girl in the effects industry. <laughs> and it's... I say it dominates it. And I always heard that George Lucas took the, took the money for a movie, started a special effects company, and then did Star Wars on a shoestring budget, and he hit the jackpot with it. Mm -hmm. Because, I say, 
for its time, and even now, the effects are still still hold up reasonably well. I mean, you look at TV shows of the period, everybody's doing the same thing Star Wars did. Uh-huh. That wouldn't have happened if, again, Lucas hadn't have had that brilliant flash of inspiration. <laughs> he's done so much for the industry, but at the same time, he's also done a lot. <laughs> well, that always just depends on what side of the fence you have fallen on. I mean... Star Wars will be ingrained, as I said. Um, I remember I went to the theater to see the 25th anniversary editions. I have went to the theater for the prequels. I went to the theater for the 3D release of Episode One. And if they do the hours in 3D, I'm going to go. I loved... Oh, God, I've read so many of the books. And I've gotten so much enjoyment from them. And Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah. You know... I haven't got to the the new one, but, oh, that first one, that was a trip, you know? Yeah. So, all in all, as I said, I can't hate the man. Oh, George, how I love you so. If I think, I think with the love-hate relationship we've established, no one's really shifted opinions. But we're going to call it on this one. This has been Nathan and Jeff for episode one of the Redcon Rate Roundtable. Thank <laughs>